Welcome to Add Passion and Stir. Big chefs, big ideas. This is the Share Our Strength podcast about people who are changing the world. I'm your host, Billy Shore. It's amazing when you realize how central food is to so many things that we care about. It affects our health. We see kids with nutritionally related problems, many of them overweight even though they're undernourished. It affects our ability to learn. She had to make sure she had lunch in the classroom because at the end of the day, that was going to be all she got. Food security affects our strength as a nation. Within arm's reach are people who are hungry, and there is a anxiety and a stigma attached to that. Today, we're going to talk to two people who are helping to solve a problem that many of us don't even know exists. It's one of the number one killers of women and children in the world. That's Kathy Calvin. She's president of the United Nations Foundation, and she's talking about stoves. In developing nations around the world, Women use stoves fueled with coal and wood that create smoke that sicken their families. Today, we'll talk with Kathy and with Chef Jose Andreas about their efforts to bring clean cook stoves to a world in poverty. If we want to end poverty in our lifetime, I do believe that on the clean cook stoves is the one single issue that everything meets. I'm here with two amazing people who I have known for many years. Kathy Calvin from the UN Foundation, CEO of the UN Foundation, formerly on the board of Share Our Strength, and Jose Andreas. Hola, Bill. Hola. Uh, (laughs) Incredible chef, incredible anti-hunger activist, uh, not just here in Washington, D.C., but all around the world. Uh, Both are inspirational leaders to so many people and for, for really good reason. Jose Andreas, changing the world through the power of food. That's kind of your brand. And I want to ask you, as somebody who owns restaurants here in New York, in Las Vegas, all around the world, uh, has traveled all around the world, how does somebody go from uh, having a talent and a love and an appetite for food to thinking about food as a tool for changing the world? Well, uh, Bill, I mean, in part, <laughs> I have to thank you for it because I arrived in Washington, D.C. when I was 23 years old in 1993. And very right after, I joined one of the Share Our Strength programs, the frontline classes. Right there, right then, I saw the power of a cook, a chef, sharing what we know uh, with people around different parts of this beautiful city of Washington. And you sharing with them, what do we do with lentils? What do we do with chickpeas? Why we should be buying a whole chicken instead of a breast? Probably uh, you are responsible my interest in in seeing that food can be an agent of change. Education is gonna be key, and can be education that happens right here in the nation's capital, in in Anacostia, uh, sharing what the chef knows with a group of mothers to feed their families better, healthier, at the right dollar amount. But at the same time, we can be bringing this to places like Cambodia or Zambia or Haiti. At the end, it's exactly the same. If we give people the power of understanding how food can change their lives, we, we can end poverty and hunger by the year 2030 or anywhere around uh, that year. <laughs> and, and I would you think lead the way. so much of the effectiveness that we all aspire to really depends on understanding the culture of a place. Mm. And you've talked a lot about, Jose, about how food is a kind of a window into the culture. Food helps you understand, it gives you insight 
into the culture of a, of a foreign territory. And I'm just wondering how you think about that. And, Kathy, how, how, the, how would the U.N. Foundation mm. think about that? Well, uh, I'm a chef, and I say that besides a cook, I like to tell stories. And I tell my stories one plate at a time, one restaurant at a time. <laughs> so in my search around, uh, around America and the world for those stories, so here this is the definition of what we're doing. If we began understanding that uh, food unites everybody, we know that we want to do good, but now is never enough. Now we need to do a smart good. And to do a smart good, we need to prepare ourselves. That's the only way to be fighting hunger in the world. Well. Kathy Calvin, the United Nations Foundation, been around for 17 years. 17 years. What does the UN Foundation <laughs> do for people who don't know, and why? And why are you leading it? Mm, well, let's say let's start with the UN first. You know, 70 years old and 70 years young could could not be a more indispensable institution today, just as it was 70 years ago at the end of World War II. Today, we look to it to provide humanitarian relief to to refugees, making sure people have a place to sleep and eat and begin to have a happy, uh, safe life. And it's also to keep us out of war. That was the original uh, line. So the UN's done a great amount of things over 70 years and needs to, but it is also in need of a storyteller, a best friend, a partner, and that's all the things that the UN Foundation does. And it always seems like there's a lot of scary things going mm -hmm. on in the world, but right now, if you're alive right now and have been for the last five or 10 years, it seems like one of the scariest times in, in yeah. history. So arguably, the work of the UN and the UN Foundation more important than ever. Can I ask Jose a question? Please. So you joined as the culinary ambassador for the Global Alliance for Clean Cookstoves, which the UN Foundation helped found and uh, start along with Secretary of State then Hillary Clinton. What was the story that got to you? I mean, the, the thing that gets to me is the quote, cooking shouldn't kill. Because yep. I think of a woman and her children with black soot around yep. them thinking they're doing something healthy, and actually they're not. They're doing something unhealthy. But what got to you? Well, and let's just step back just for a moment to kind of frame this. Yeah. So don't we have about maybe half the people on the planet, as many as 3 billion people, are cooking with traditional fuels in ways that actually are bad for their health or bad for the environment or bad for energy. Kathy, what's the what's the proportion of this problem? Why yeah. do we even have a cook stove alliance? Well, it, it's it's one of the number one killers of women and children in the world. It, it, or something probably nobody knows. Right, right, <laughs> which is which is quite amazing. And, and I think Jose is going to correct my statistic right now. It is number one. Four million uh, Four women bi yes, uh, may right. die every year because they're inhaling the smoke. Because right. of the way they cook their, their dinner. Right. Over a uh, traditional stove with f wood as fuel, yeah. sometimes charcoal, sometimes kerosene, all f dirty and creating black soot. And they don't realize it's what's giving their babies pneumonia. It's what's leading to early deaths. It's putting them at risk because they have to go out and collect that wood in very dangerous situations. They're not being able to go to school and or work. And it's terrible for our environment. But mostly it's, it's just a, a crime that that we have not been able to change. And the reason I was thinking about this while you were mm -hmm. talking, we haven't been able to change cultures because oh. people have cooked this way for years and years and decades. But now we know better, and we now know we can create cleaner stoves as well as use cleaner fuel. If we want to end poverty in our lifetime, if in this century we will end true poverty and hunger, I do believe that on the clean cook stoves is the one single issue that everything meets. If we bring clean cook stoves, we will have healthy mothers, 
We will have healthy children because they don't have creeps, so they carry them on their arms. Young girls will not have to go to the mountain to pick up wood. Young girls will receive a proper education because they will not have to do that task anymore. All of a sudden, when the rain comes, we will celebrate life because now, without any trees on the slopes, for example, of Haiti, the water comes down like it was a cascade, taking away seeds and any possibility of any forest to grow. All of a sudden, with trees, the rain will always come and be an agent of life instead of an agent of death. That water ends on this, on the farming areas, the topsoil that is supposed to mean life and a good harvest. All of a sudden, because the soil is washed away, is no good harvest. Hunger is around the corner. That soil ends in the ocean. No, we have no coral, no reef, no fish, no fish, no fishing industry. And when it's no fishing industry and no good coral, usually means no tourism. Everything starts with the same kitchen that all of us we have in our homes. And Kathy, this is a top priority for the UN mm. Foundation. So what's your strategy to get countries to embrace this and to get families to use it? Well, it's all part of our support for one of the new 17 Sustainable Development Goals. The Sustainable Development Goals were d adopted at the UN by 193 nations after a two-year inclusive process where everybody weighed in, and they identified 17 goals that covered everything that needed to be done to reduce poverty from attacking climate change to agriculture to gender equality to education to health. They're goals that represent everything that is about the human aspiration, and now countries are committed to getting them done over the next 15 years by 2030. For somebody who's listening and is thinking, I never knew that this was as big a problem as it is, and I never knew that there was such an effective solution. I want to support this. I want to get involved. I want to make a difference. How do they do it? Well, I will say go to the to the web page of the Alliance of Clean Cook Soft. There, it's a lot of information exactly what's happening. But I only want you uh, to to start thinking. Anybody, any time you are in any community around the world, uh, you're not in the Caribbean, in Latin America. Try to go to a place uh, in the suburbs. Try try to move away from the comfort zone of where you are. Another sign you're going to see all these people that the only thing they're trying to do is feed their families every day. That's what we all do around the world. What do we do? We work to feed our children. So imagine all of a sudden if you start learning. So what they should be doing is being more aware of it. Go and learn through the webpage. I don't know it exactly, but today you Google put the Alliance of Clean Cook Stoves, yeah. and right there you're going to be going into their webpage. And what you should be doing is, A, in a passive way, support use with money or with your expertise. Uh, I believe somebody, some guy in Harvard or MIT is going to come with the most amazing kitchen one day that only using the wind is going to be cooking. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, one day we need to come up with something magical. But until that happens, just learn more about it. And if you feel you want to donate your time, join the organizations, not only the Alliance, but many hundreds of organizations around the world. That's about where you are. And, and, and just be part of that agent of change. You can be used by teaching. Just, you can be by, by, by lending your voice. can be by showing up and helping women cook in the middle of rural Zambia. Uh, that's how I began. Now I have my own projects. And at the same time, I become a, a spokesperson, if you want, a, a cheerleader of the issue. But I keep saying, and I know I already said it three times, Nothing will improve the world and poverty and end hunger like if we all believe together that a simple, humble clean cook stove that can cost between 5 and 
can be the single agent of change that will have the biggest difference in this century to have a better world. Thanksgiving is right around the corner, and it's traditionally a time of gratitude and reflection, and one in which many of us ask ourselves how we can be helping others in our community. At Chair Strength, we've come up with a very simple but fun way for you to get involved. It's called Friendsgiving. To find out all the steps for success in hosting a Friendsgiving party, go to nokidhungry.org. And just imagine being at Thanksgiving dinner while kids in our country are thanking you. Let me ask you a question, Kathy, that you probably get asked a lot, which is, I think, central to the conversation we're having. With all of the problems we have here in this country, whether it's with the economy or crime or violence or immigration, what have you, uh, why should people care about what's going on halfway around the world? And how do we get them to, um, to understand that there's a way that they can make a difference? But I guess the real question is, you know, how do you get people to care about their own community, do all the kind of things that Jose was just talking about in their own community, but also be able to make a difference around the world? Well, well, first they should care about their own community because, in fact, we have serious poverty and child hunger in this country, and, and we need to look at that and, and address it. But we can learn from what's working globally. Sometimes we can get solutions from halfway around the world because they're working in lower-income settings and having a difference, and we aren't using them here, and we could be. So sometimes we're uh, re- resistant to ideas that come from elsewhere, but in fact, information tra- sharing and trading from country to country, I think, is going to be one of the hallmarks of the next 15 years. Second, if we don't pay attention to what's happening around the world, it, we will find it hitting us and finding us in ways we don't like. Diseases that come to our our country because they weren't curbed elsewhere through vaccinations of children when when it was possible. One in five children today still isn't vaccinated against critical life-ending but totally preventable diseases. So in that sense, halfway around the world is not very far away. It's not very far away (laughs) at all. When measles shows up in California, we wonder what happened. And and then, of course, we know that when we don't care about what happens to the ability of of children to go to school and have a chance to thrive and survive and transform their lives, they often can turn violent and and that's another challenge for the whole world when we see young young men and young women becoming terrorists. So, I mean, these things are not far away from us, but you can look at both. And the interesting thing about the Sustainable Development Goals that 193 nations just agreed on, got the ball onto one piece of paper, is that they are, in fact, universal. It's not just about the poorest countries in the world. It's about the person who's been left behind anywhere in the world. And we certainly know there's plenty of those around us wherever we live. What do you think, Jose? Yeah, I will add that why we should be caring about clean cook stoves uh, when we obviously have many issues here at home that we need to be addressing day to day, one community at a time. But uh, let's see what's happening with the refugee crisis uh, uh, back in the Middle East coming to Europe. Today that here we are having this conversation about building walls to keep people out. Listen to me. You can build any wall you want to keep people out. If people are hungry, people will go over the wall, around the wall, or under the wall. This is not the way forward. The only wall conversation we should be having is walls that we're going to build to create community kitchens, Mm -hmm. schools. This is the only walls we should be thinking. For us here at home to take care of something so humble as a clean cook stove, it's almost to say, in a very selfish way, you want to take care of your kids? You want to take care of America, as I do. 
as I care for my children, start taking care of the people on the other side of where you live. Mm. Because if we take care of the people of Haiti, do you think people want to leave their homes? Nobody wants to leave the comfort of their homes, the place they belong. They don't want to go to faraway land that they don't know. Let's provide to those people the reason of why, why they should be successful where they are, where they live. So investing in clean cook stoves is the way to make sure that hungry people and poor people in Haiti don't decide to go into the ocean to try to come to a better world. That people in Mexico will not cross a desert to try to come to a better world. That people in Latin America will not try to go for hundreds and hundreds of miles with their families to try to come to a better world. If we start investing into the communities and stop throwing money at the problem and investing into solutions, then we will have not only the America we all want, but also the beautiful world we all hope for. That's why people should be caring about those tiny issues like a clean cook stove at every household around the world. You two make wow. a pretty strong case. <laughs> you know, one of the things as we kind of start to wrap up here that I find interesting about this conversation is we're, we're having this conversation in Washington, D.C., where 95% of all the conversations are about what government hmm. should or should not be doing. But neither of you two have really talked about that. You've talked about it a little bit in terms of the sustainable development goals, Kathy, but you're really talking about what philanthropy can be doing, what the markets can be doing, what individuals can be doing. Jose, you've created your own organization, World Central Kitchen. World Central Kitchen. Uh, which you should describe, but you've both taken an approach. I'm interested in how you think about the role of organizations like World Central Kitchen, like the UN Foundation, like Share Strength, versus the role of government and how that fits together. But we all forget that the government is in place because we, the people, vote for that government. It is true that more often than not happens that once the government makes a decision, uh, you know, nobody seems to follow up and then things go around. So foreign aid, I want every single American, right and left, Democrats and Republicans, to know that what America does around the world is something to be applauded. Mm -hmm. The leadership that America takes, not in the moments of war, but in the moments of peace and need around the world is remarkable. Uh, I saw in first person what America did in Haiti. Without America and the international community, I don't know what a country like Haiti will be like today. So we need to applaud those initiatives. Then we hear the criticism. This is where the only thing I'm going to be asking the government and all the institutions from the United Nations to anybody else, IDB, World Bank, is to start really thinking in a pro-business way when we give international aid. We need to be thinking about the return on the investment. Every dollar that comes away to do good needs to be a smart good. It's not anymore used to, oh, here, I'm going to throw money at this to hopefully the problem will go away. Ain't working anymore in the 21st century. 21st century is what's the return on the investment of every dollar we, we invest overseas. That's the answer we always need to come up. So from now on, doing good is never enough. You've we got need to, measure to do it. a smart good. We need to be like our money in Wall Street. If you invest, you want to make sure you're going to have a return on your investment. Shouldn't be any different with international foreign aid. This is the 21st century. The government, the role of sure is providing the right environment through subsidies. Okay, I'm not a big fan of subsidies, but making sure that those subsidies help somebody here, but then 
break everybody else around. So you cannot try to go to Africa to try to help farmers, but you are giving food aid and you are breaking down the economies in rural Africa. So in the process of trying to do good, actually you are creating more chaos. That's what I mean about doing a smart good versus good. That's the 21st century way, and I hope America and the United Nations will be leading the way. We need a call to action. The government cannot do it all. United Nations cannot do it all, but all together we can do so much. Well, you have both devoted your lives to showing up for people who need it for many, many years. So Kathy Calvin, the UN Foundation, Jose Andres, thank you for sharing your strength with us today. Really appreciate you both being here. Very inspired. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Bill. And thank you for all you do. We love you. If you'd like to find out more about clean cook stoves or the work of the UN Foundation and the work that Kathy and Jose are doing together, go to our website, shareourstrength.org slash passion. You can learn more there and be part of the solution. Add passion and stir. Big chefs, big ideas is the podcast from Share Our Strength. The Share Our Strength community believes that everyone can share in the global fight against hunger and poverty and that in these shared strengths lie sustainable solutions. Today, Share Our Strength focuses these strengths on making no kid hungry a reality in America. Add Passion and Stir is distributed by District Productive. Our senior producer is Carrie Thompson. Our executive producer is Peter Ogburn. Add Passion and Stir is the creation of Billy Shore, Debbie Shore, and Paul Woody Woodhull. Thanks so much for listening to Add Passion and Stir. I'm your host, Billy Shore.